everyone's got something to prove, including us. What's said or what's written or what happened last year doesn't matter anymore. We're going to be calling out to our fans to really put the pressure on because our noise can carry some serious momentum. You play the Jets, you play their fans. Welcome to Winnipeg, Canada's hockey home. Shifley scores! Here's Buffalo, he shoots, he scores! Wheeler finds the seam. Patrick Lyon finds the back of the net. Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. Welcome to the game day, game two edition of Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Jamie Thomas alongside Darren Millard and Mitchell Clinton. Uh, the players had an optional skate on Thursday. Now looking forward to game number two. Not many places you can improve, but Darren, outside of winning and scoring more goals, where would you like to see the Jets improve in game two? A little more sustained pressure. One of those uh, stretches where you witness the puck deep in the St. Louis Blues zone for... 30, maybe a shift change, 40 seconds, uh, turn it over, and and maybe a c- couple of uh, consecutive face-offs in the St. Louis Blues zone. Just one of those points where uh, you see some running around and cause some some confusion and, and, and a little bit of chaos in the zone. Neither team experienced that in, in game number one, where they were able to pin the other team uh, deep in the zone. So that's that's one one area. And and open up the ice a little bit, maybe stretch, stretch the rink. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a couple of occasions where Blake Wheeler tried to lead Kyle Connor uh, in, in game number one, but they weren't able to, to go back to that or have the opportunity to uh, to stretch the rink and maybe lead a player and and uh, and negate the icing and and gain some possession on that regard. So uh, those are those are certainly two areas that I'd like to see a little bit more from the Jets. As much as the fans are concerned, Mitch, that the Jets are down one nothing. The playoffs is this is what it's all about. And adding to what Darren's concerns are, what you'd like to see improved. What would you like to see the Jets step up and uh, in what department for Friday's game or tonight's game? Well, I think like. The players kind of said there's a lot of good. There's a lot of things to like, but Paul Murray's kind of touched on it after practice. It's a little bit of some some defensive uh, play. So the Blues, he he spoke a little bit about it. Like to get plays from the sidewall, or even as you saw in the game winner, plays from behind the net into the into an open space in the slot. So that's kind of something that Maurice wants to see them clean up a little bit. Just defensively, when you have those those battles in the corner like Patrick Maroon had, where there were a couple of Jets there. If you don't come out with that puck, normally, you know, numbers would say you do. But if you don't, I think they want to find a way to defend that just a little bit better. That would probably be the the one area of focus that they'd like. And then I think, you know, the first four minutes of the third period was arguably some of their best hockey of the game. And then all of a sudden, you know, they, they get the, the tying goal and things maybe get a little tight according to uh, Maurice. So just tighten a few things up in the defensive zone, but uh, I think they would like to see some of those sustained offensive zone uh, shifts as well. But I think for the most part, uh, these guys tend to like to preach good defense will lead to that offense. The, the impressive part of those those opening four minutes in the third period is saying something as their best part of the game because of how excellent they were in the opening period. They go into game two, down a game, the threat of being down two games. Do you see them playing that way, that the threat of being down 0-2 heading to St. Louis? Your narrative there yes. is... is I'm uh, just trying to preach negativity. You're partly cloudy instead of partly right. sunny. Yes. Yeah. You're partly cloudy with a chance of rain instead yes. of partly sunny with... Uh, a chance of meatballs? Periods of... of, uh, of Kids movies, sorry. Clear skies, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
it, look, there's no reason to be overly concerned unless the the disaster happens and and you get swept at home. But I think that the way the Jets played on on Wednesday night was far more optimistic than the result was. And I look at that and say, okay, you, you hit a couple of posts uh, from your good players. You had uh, Par Lindholm uh, play a great game and, and denied on a two-on-one. And, and you still have more to give from your, from your top line. And so that, that is an area where uh, you put all those together and I think that there's there's more reasons to feel good about the Jets going into tonight's game than there is to be be concerned. The other part of it is the physical toll that the investment uh, in eventually pays off, mm-hmm. uh, pays out uh, from from game number one. Uh, Tyler Myers was arguably their most physical player. Yeah, Dustin Bufflin was right there with them. Uh, ben Sherratt, uh played a role. And and then you add that to a, a cumulative effect. So look at that that aspect as well. And and I think that that just just puts another layer on reasons why the Winnipeg Jets should feel good about themselves despite being down a game going into tonight. There may be concern from the fans, but there's absolutely no concern from the captain of the Winnipeg Jets, Blake Wheeler. Let's go uh, to the Jets players' comments from Thursday. Who was the last team to go 16 and 0 in the playoffs? Has it ever happened? So we didn't expect to do that. And uh, the playoffs are so much about how you control your emotions. You know, you, you win a game and all of a sudden you feel like you're going to win the Stanley Cup and you lose a game and you feel like you got no chance. So the, the good teams find a way to, to manage those, those emotions. Um, the team that won it all last year was a crossbar away from going 3 nothing in the first round. You know, Tampa set, I mean, they tied the NHL record for, for wins this year and they're down 0-1. There's so much parity in the league that you, you can't, you know, if you're going to be devastated by a loss or even two losses, you have no business expecting to win a Stanley Cup. So how we're going to manage that is is we're going to learn from, you know, the things that we did well last night, some of the things we can do better tomorrow night to, to try to get the outcome we're looking for. Um, show up excited, show up and, and, and work, uh, work the way our team knows how to work. And if God willing... We, we aren't able to win that game or we win that game, you know, we're going to manage it the exact same way going into St. Louis. So clearly, uh, you know, we'd like to leave tomorrow night 1-1 going into their building. Um, but there's so many things you can control, and we're going to control all those things, come with the right attitude tomorrow night and just work our tails off. We think that's going to be enough. You know, there's uh, no easy ice out there, that's for sure. Um, but that's to be expected. Um, you know, we know they're a good line. We know they're a good team. And they're going to play us hard. So... Um, you know, we got things that we can uh, we can do better, and you know they're uh, going to be changing uh, things that they're going to be doing as well. So we just have to be prepared for uh, prepared for everything. I think we play good. Uh, I mean, of course, you want to maybe score a goal or, or two, but I think we played solid. And uh, to be honest, I think we can dominate that that other line and uh, make stuff happen. And I hope we we do that next game. Uh, we'll see how how the the lineup is, but. Uh, well, felt good. Yeah, feeling good. Uh, it's nice to be back last night. Obviously, um, you know, pretty, pretty uh, hard to, I guess, describe the feeling coming back uh, and it being the first game of the, the Stanley Cup playoffs. But uh, 
Yeah, it took me a little bit to get going um, through the first period, but uh, I felt after that I started to settle in and, um, yeah, you know, happy with the, how, how I played in the second and third and kind of as I got more comfortable and, you know, felt like I just started to just play hockey again and, and kind of get back into some, some rhythm. So uh, just trying to build off that next game. I thought the, the crowd was great um, and I thought we came out with uh, a lot of intensity and, uh we got a big goal from Patty, and I uh, thought we played well uh, for the first two periods. And then uh, the third, they uh, they did a couple things uh, that resulted in the back of our net, and, and that was the game. It was a good, hard game. Like we we, we didn't like it after one one. Didn't didn't you know? We still got a chance to tie the game, a real nice chance to tie the game. But um, not a lot of shots, not a lot of chances for either team, but most of them were a. Right there, 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 there weren't the you categorize them A, B, and C. They were there were some A chances, breakaways, posts, um, two on ones. So it was it was a good hard playoff game. You're disappointed with the result, but I think we're going to see a lot of it. I mean, this, there's going to be a cost to the series for both teams because it's uh, all checks finished, all pucks battled on, and there'll be chunks of the game where. It doesn't move easily or look fluid at all because the defender's doing a real hard, good job to keep it that way, and then it'll break open for an A chance with a, usually a pretty darn skilled player doing it. And the goalers will have to be as good as they were both last night. They were both really good. Uh, I, f- I felt Blake Wheeler was outstanding. You felt the exact same way. I re- you know what? The best part of that is the timing of that music coming on. Dramatic. We're talking about the captain who's completely confident in this group heading into game two on home ice down uh one game to the st louis blues the best of seven series you were also you guys you guys are mad there when my phone just started up (laughs) i got a couple of good stares i was just looking to see where it was coming from i had no idea what (laughs) whoa i'm sorry i got fined early (laughs) hey there was a moment uh during uh blank wheeler's main availability where scott unger uh, part of the jets pr department was saying one more question and then we were joking about how you get that air horn thing in case someone Asked another question after that yeah. last question, and my yeah. air horn went off. Ken Weeb thought I was made a mistake, but that was on purpose, just so you know I was standing in the background. I thought Blake Wheeler was really good yesterday in, in his availability. Yeah, he he was a little more casual, and I, I haven't been around this team all year like you guys, but I thought there was. Uh, some he was just a more relaxed Blake Wheeler. I mean that's relative, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I really would take that as a uh, as a really good sign uh, the, from the the tone that I heard from Blake. They've been down a game before uh, in a series there, and then you know that it was back and forth with Nashville. They were down to, of course, uh, Vegas just didn't come around that way. But it's just a situation they've been in before. That's the benefit of a long playoff run the previous season. Did you like how Blake Wheeler handled the media? And then what did you think of the other comments that were made yesterday, Mitch? Yeah, completely. I mean, he pretty much just said, like, we didn't expect to go 16-0. and Nobody really ever has. So it's uh, kind of one of those things where you have to rely on those experiences that you just kind of referenced from, from last season. And, I mean, they finished the postseason at 9-8, and so that means they, they lost eight games. Mm-hmm. Granted, four of those were to Vegas. But you look at the Nashville series – there were games where the Jets played pretty well, didn't come up with the win, and you still have to find a way to, I mean, park it and then get, get back the and, and try and to take the, it, yeah. the lead in the series back. And that's exactly what they did. 
basically three times over. They won game one, lost game two, won game three, lost game four. And it just went back and forth throughout the entire series. And I think there's a lot you can learn from that. Granted, this year's roster is a little bit different, but you got guys on the the majority of the of the Jets roster still very similar and they all kind of went through that together last year. So I think you can uh, you can apply certain aspects of that into this series. While the Blues are a different team than the Preds, um, I think there's a lot of things that the Jets can can lean on when they go into Game Two tomorrow. Not even necessarily just to come out with a with a sense of urgency or anything like that. I don't think that's that's going to be there. The energy will be, but um, I think they'll have a a little bit more of that attention to detail, like we talked about a little bit earlier in their defensive zone. And then it's just a matter of capitalizing on chances. As good as Jordan Bennington played and has played, uh, it's just a matter of getting some of those chances again. I, it's another sign to me that this is a much this is going to be a different year in in how things are playing out, how things are going to develop uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. The the regular season took a different route. The finish to the regular season took a much different uh, road. And now to start the playoffs, uh, the Jets, instead of winning their their opening games of each series, they start in, in game number one uh, down a game. So it's just it's going they're going to it's writing a new identity and and they're 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 going to have to come at this from a different direction. And it's it's uh, a different scene. Discipline. Not necessarily cost the Jets in game number one, Darren, but there was some, you know, Matthew Perot's penalty was kind of unnecessary. He didn't like the route that Mike Sh- Mark Shifley chose when he hit, ended up running into Jordan Biddington. No, there's that, a time, like, I'm, yeah. I don't want to say that, that Mark shouldn't play hard. Yeah. It, he, he, it's early in the game. Uh, the opening minute, the fans are going crazy. This environment that, that everybody loves. Uh, he, he, we all understand what he's doing there, but. Uh, at that point in time, and it didn't cost them, right? But what what I thought it did was uh, just slow the game a little bit. You don't get into your rotation; everybody doesn't get off be, uh, out uh, for a first twirl, uh, and it also gets the fans thinking a little more defensively because now they're you're killing a penalty, and oh no, let's not give up a goal early on. Uh, grand scheme of things didn't have an oh like that that specific impact on the game but it's not what you would have wished for early on a big part of the Jets penalty kill which was, went to perfect three for three and only ended up giving up two shots was Kevin Hayes you had an opportunity to speak with Kevin yesterday Darren Shop where the players shop. Jets Gear and TrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets Gear locations or shop online at TrueNorthShop.com. This is Nikolai Ehlers. You're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Game two, now that you have one game under your belt... Reflect a little bit about what you went through and having heard about the whiteout and the atmosphere and your reaction to it. Yeah, I mean, that was uh, the best atmosphere I've ever played in before, uh, by far. Um, it was uh, amazing to come out after warm-ups and, and see the crowd. Uh, I mean, they give us the energy for, for the game that we need, and uh, I'm sure Friday night will be a lot better. Uh, I mean, it's, it's exciting knowing that you get to play in that type of atmosphere. Was game one almost old-school hockey from three or four years ago? Because there wasn't a lot of contained pressure and teams getting hemmed in their own zone, and it was physical. Yeah, it was very physical. 
but yeah, I mean, games change once the playoffs start. It's uh, it's a lot different. Uh, you don't you don't really generate the same offense you do in the regular season. Everyone kind of uh, tightens up defensively, and, and uh, it's uh, it's a privilege to get to get uh, great A's. And I thought uh, that we can generate some more next game. Do you hear the crowd when you were on the penalty kill and you did that circle back and killed some time and uh, and killed off the seconds there? No. You, you got loud. Yeah. Uh, not really. I mean, during you can hear the crowd during the game, but when you're on the ice, it's it's kind of it's a laser focus. Uh, uh, if they were happy with me, then that's good to hear. But but uh, but no, not really. Uh, so you go into game two. How do you respond to what was a really good hockey game, but not the result? Because media will will nitpick, and that's their job. But you did a lot of things right. Yeah, uh, I mean that's a seven game series. Uh, if you look around the league, even outside of our our, uh, our series here, it's um, it's a tough it's a tough playoffs. Like eight teams from each end get in, and each team has has uh, has a good team. Uh, obviously, we want to win every game and score five goals every night, but that's that's just not how it's going to work. Uh, I mean, we're down 0-1, and it's uh, going to show some resilience to to get back into the win column in game two, and then we'll go into St. Louis hopefully tied one to one. Was it more? F- Physical was did it get nastier than you thought it would out of the gate because you hadn't played them in a while, so there wasn't a lot of well, you hadn't played them as a Jet. Yeah, um, no, I mean, I thought we, I thought we were pretty physical uh, as a team. Um, I mean, I've, I've been in the playoffs before, and that, that's just playoffs. Uh, game one is usually the big, the most physical game of the series. Uh, everyone's so excited to be there and to kind of to get under the team, other team's skin and. Um, but no, I thought it was pretty normal. You don't have any deep roots in this city, so a lot of text messages, a lot of talking to people uh, about what happened last night. Their reaction? You hear from Gronk? Uh, no, I, I didn't talk to anyone. Uh, my parents are in town, uh, and what did they, what'd they think? They were amazed by the crowd. Uh, uh, they were they were shocked by the crowd. It was they were very impressed. Something that you almost have to because you, you've you've seen it before. You've can you prepare for that? No, I mean, I've seen it on TV, but it's it's uh, it's a lot different life. It's a lot better. Uh, thanks for doing this. Yeah, of course. Best part of every one of these podcasts is when we give out things to you, our listeners. 50 Jets Rewards on the line right now. Go to jetsrewards.ca and type in today's code word, which is rivalry. It's that easy. Hey, what do you think of uh, Kevin Hayes saying his parents had never seen anything like that? Do you think he's playing to the crowd? Do you think it's like one of those moments where, you know, you no. know the bands come to town, they're like, Cleveland, you yeah, rock. Yeah, that's, that's, You're the yeah, best that's, fans ever. I don't think I'm that's so the case naive. this time. Yeah. <laughs> I just got played. No, no, no. It was, it was cool when he said he'd, he's he'd never. He's friends with Rob it was, Gronkowski. It was, he, but he hasn't heard from Gronk. So he's, yeah. Uh, but he'd, he'd never, he'd heard about it. He'd seen it. Mm-hmm. But he'd never uh, experienced anything like it. And then his mom and dad were just blown away by it. So it's, so cool. it's not like he hasn't been in a long playoff run before. And I realize mm-hmm. this, that was just game one of this playoff drive with the Winnipeg Jets. But he's been on an extended run with the New York Rangers before. MSG is well known for loud noises. I heard it's okay. It has moments. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a bad place for mm-hmm. entertainment, apparently. So I just uh, think that's what makes it cooler coming from a guy that has experienced mm-hmm. something like that to be able to come in and just kind of whether you know it's just it's it's just cool to hear Kevin Hayes just be like you know that was that was one of the coolest things I've ever played in front of that's pretty awesome I've always wondered though when you asked him 
did you hear the crowd when you were killing off the final parts of that penalty? But he smiled because he, oh, okay, he, that he, was the part no, I no, wanted. He like, wanted now you're full of it. He uh, wanted yeah. to say yes. Yeah. yeah. But of course, you know, I hockey, didn't hear it. Athletes are like, no, no, we're so focused, oh, yeah, we don't no, hear no. anything. Yeah. No, no, he smiled. He, right. he he definitely heard the crowd, and then he went into the to the to a bit of a, a spin there. But uh, but no, there was definitely the reaction. His facial reaction uh, told me that uh, yeah, there was it was noticeable. What a great place to be for. A player that has been acquired the trade deadline to bring your parents into town and you've heard all this stuff and now it's sitting right there it just must have been a, a very proud moment for for kevin hayes uh, parents now um, they have to experience uh, a win. win turning the corner uh i think i think the hayes line uh had some adjustments uh, uh some growing pains or or little stops and starts during the game whatever however you want to explain it uh, they they can they can elevate their game. So I thought the fourth line was really good. I thought the little line was uh, was was good. Yeah. Uh, the other two lines I think have uh, have some room to uh, to crank it up a, a little bit, and that's very very similar to what you saw on the St. Louis side. Are we going to see uh, is Paul Maurice going to unleash the Morrissey a little bit more in game number two in your mind, Mitch? I'm not sure. I mean, it's. I think it's one of those things where he kind of got on the ice and he got into that first game, and I think he said he kind of it took him a few shifts uh, in that first period, especially to kind of get his game back uh, under his feet. But I mean, a confident Josh Morrissey, regardless of how much you play him, is going to be an asset to your hockey club. So I think you know he might see a little bit more time. I think it's also going to depend how the Blues are running their bench as to how much we see Josh Morrissey, Jacob Truba, but. I Didn't think. kill any penalties, right? No, you're, exactly. You're, you're six full minutes. He was of the game fifth. Right he was there. fifth on the team amongst defensemen in, in time on ice, and that is just such, such a rare thing to see. Right. Unless there's an injury playing part, which there is. Of you know course, how in the coaches background. always say we're we're going to be patient with them, we're going to ease them back in, and it never happens. No. This Morris, actually they this, say that all the time actually, about Buff when he comes back. Yeah, this actually occurred where they yeah. were patient, responsible, and. Uh, conservative with their ice time with them of course dustin bufflin plays with uh tyler tyler myers and penalty killing situation that's that seems to be a very good combo in, the, in that situation doesn't it yeah for sure i mean you got two big guys with uh with a lot of reach that can force some turnovers whenever there's a 50 50 puck and that's important on the penalty kill anytime you're as a penalty kill unit you're able to force any sort of loose puck and you got a couple of guys back there that uh, that are able to get body position and get that thing down the ice it's important and i thought that was one of the things the Jets did well on the penalty kill. The other thing was standing up at the blue line and preventing those zone entries. That's when the so Jets good. penalty kill is on. That's one of the things they're doing really St. well. St. Louis looked like they just shelved that whole bump back because that wasn't working They weren't at going all. anywhere. Not, and it's not like Dustin Bufflin needs to be given the green light to go uh, on a rush, but he was by far the most effective player on the Jets at beating the clogged up neutral zone yesterday and carrying the puck through whether it be on the power play or or in a five-on-five scenario he was he was really effective in backing off the st louis blues he did have that one play on the power play that i remember uh the first time he came up the ice they did do that bump back and the second time bufflin was coming up the ice he faked that bump back and everybody just kind of stopped and then he just kept right on going Mm -hmm. and yeah, I believe he got a shot on that on that play. Is that the sharp so. angle shot that he, yes. he threw in? Yeah, you're going to see more of that too. Uh, Jets, Paul Maurice has brought it up a couple of times, uh, both after game one and then yesterday, uh, about uh, the low number of shots in the game. Uh, I, and I think uh, you'll hear just in in trying to translate what Paul is saying to us that he thinks that they need to get a lot more pucks uh, to the net. 
Very interesting game number two on the horizon. Don't forget the Jets TV Live pregame show presented by Budweiser coming your way at 10.30. The game is at 8.30 uh, this evening, one of those cursed times. All the coffees tomorrow. The, All of the them. players will, say they're fine about it, but it's just not. There will be An a hour and a half of, difference uh, is such a difference for a player that's in a certain, they're yeah. used to things, taking their naps at a certain time, having their meals at a certain time. The a, 8.30 time game is. Game one, though, yeah. was great. Mm-hmm. Game two with that extra hour is going to uh, give us uh, a good look at a lot of liquid enthusiasm <laughs> from the from from the crowd. Oh my goodness! On a Friday too, as yeah. well. So it's uh, I think the crowd was tremendous in game one. Yeah. I expect that to ramp up about ten times for game number two. Uh, enjoy game two, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com.